Welcome to A Disciple's Point of View, a podcast where we go over a variety of topics related to Christianity. Hello and welcome to this special edition of A Disciple's Point of View. So what I want to put out there is I've said in a lot of podcasts here recently, the reason why I think the end is quite near is because something called the rise of authoritarianism. And especially with all the COVID-19 mandates and whatnot in other certain states within the United States, they're requiring the vaccine. There's such things as uh, vaccine passports you have to have before you can even do anything like buy or sell, which is what fuels the idea that the vaccines are the mark of the beast. They are not the mark of the beast. We are not in the tribulation yet, and we have not yet seen the things that we will see in the tribulation. And what I'm going to go over in this podcast is going to be the chapter that actually deals with the mark of the beast. So no, we're not in the tribulation yet. We're not seeing the things that we will see during the tribulation. We've not seen any of the judgments of God. Believe it or not, we may be seeing microcosms of judgment because there's always a consequence when a nation or an empire forsakes God. There is not a consequence that is not going to go by having rejected the God, the creator of the universe. You can't have a consequence without that. Things are going to start happening just by the law of just existence uh, you can't throw off the creator of the universe and then not expect to see repercussions from that, even just by being separated from said creator. So I want to go over briefly why I think the rise of authoritarianism within the world is a significant development within Bible prophecy. And we also have to recognize I am coming at you with this podcast from the United States of America. Okay, we are probably one of the most, if not the most, free country on planet Earth today, the 20th century and the 21st century. But that is slowly eroding. We have states within the United States who are restricting the ability to be able to go certain places and movement because they don't have vaccines. In New York City, they're enacting something called a vaccine passport. In Texas, where this podcast is coming at you from, they've actually outlawed vaccines, um, the mandates, and the passport. However, there's challenges within the court systems. Okay, there are elements within even the state of Texas, which is touted to be one of the most free states within the United States. There are elements within our own state that are trying to fight that. This is something you would not have seen ever. I mean, within the last five years, this thing has taken off to the degree that I've never seen before in my lifetime. And I've almost lived five decades on this earth. Okay. I've never seen anything like this, nor have I. This was the stuff of science fiction movies. Okay. That's why I think this is a huge, huge progression towards the literal fulfillment of Bible prophecy. And I'm going to go over two pieces of scripture as to why I think that is, okay? I've said in other podcasts that basically the beast in Revelation is basically another way to refer to Antichrist. Oftentimes within the Bible, 
a beast is portrayed as something that has strength, ferocity, but nothing is guiding it. There is no moral conscience within an animal, typically, to be able to dictate what they do and how they do it. Whereas human beings, at least to some degree, have some sort of moral guidance as to what they're doing. But when even human beings throw that off, the Bible often refers to these powers and these kings or these um, rulers, if you will, as beasts. So in Revelation chapter 13, it says, And I saw a beast rising out of the sea, most likely that is out of the nations of the world, with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its head. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it, the dragon gave his power, his throne, and great authority. We have to remember, too, in Revelation chapter 12, it identified, God identifies who this dragon is. It's the serpent of old, the serpent of old in the garden. In Genesis chapter 3, that tempted man and woman, the very first ones to sin that started this whole thing in, into motion. This is Satan giving power to the Antichrist. So in a way, it's kind of like what many have coined as the false trinity. And we're going to see the third member that is going to be coming up here in just a few moments as I read. But we have the beast who we believe is the Antichrist. And then we have the dragon who is Satan himself giving his power over to this man, very much like the Father gave power unto Jesus Christ, right? But Jesus emptied himself of the independent use of his deity and lived his life out as human beings have to live the perfect life, perfectly lived out the law of God, therefore becoming the ability to actually be called the Lamb of God, okay? So we'll continue in verse 3. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole world marveled as they followed the beast, and they worshipped the dragon, for they I'm sorry, for he had given his authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast and who can fight against it? So clearly at some point during the tribulation period, the seven years, the seventieth week of Daniel, that is referred to back in Daniel chapter nine, verses twenty-four through twenty-seven, and again is the only reason we know that the tribulation period is going to last seven years. Apparently, at some point during that period of time, he appears to be mortally wounded in the head, but then he comes back to life seemingly, probably, mimicking Jesus Christ himself whenever Jesus died on the cross and then was raised to life three days later. And so everybody sits here and says, who is like the beast and who can fight against it? And the beast was given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul actually says that the man of lawlessness will declare himself to be God in the rebuilt temple. Halfway through the tribulation period, it is believed because, again, of the uh, prophecy in Daniel chapter 9, halfway through that seven, the last seven that's given, he puts an end to offering and sacrifice on the wing of abominations because he declares himself to be God, according to Second Thessalonians chapter 2. It says it opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God. 
blaspheming his name and his dwelling. That is those who dwell in heaven. Also, it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation and all who dwell on the earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the lamb who was slain. He, if anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to be taken captive to captivity, he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword, he must be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. So oftentimes, too, this is where a lot of people who don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture will point to and say, see, we do have to endure the wrath of the Antichrist and the wrath of Satan. But the thing of it is, is that I've said in previous podcasts, the gospel is preached by at least three different sources within the tribulation period. In Revelation chapter 7, we see the 144,000 Jewish evangelists that are sealed by God himself. After they're sealed, the next picture we see is a great multitude that no one can count standing before the throne of God. They're very successful in what they do. Revelation 11, we see that the two witnesses prophecy for 42 months. I believe this is going to be in the first half of the tribulation, right before the Antichrist comes, declares himself to be God, and kills the two witnesses. And I believe that happens in the halfway, the halfway mark and creates the wing of abominations as spoken of by Daniel the prophet. It was also spoken of by Jesus in Matthew 24. Um, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, let the reader understand and let him run to the hills, is what Jesus says. So, also, I want to make a commentary in verse 8. It says, all who dwell on, or I should back up, I'm sorry. In verse 7, it says, also it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe, people, language, and nation. He is going to exert his authority over all of the earth. All of the earth is going to go after this individual, this one man, like I've said before in other podcasts, this individual is going to be more popular than Barack Obama, in my opinion. Barack Obama is a very beloved politician from the United States of America. I believe that this individual is going to eclipse and overshadow everything that we think of Barack Obama as people who actually like him and whatnot. This individual is going to have more breadth, popularity, and power than any politician that has existed up to this point. So in verse 11, it says, Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. Oh, I should also back up to the third source who uh, preaches the gospel during the tribulation period is in Revelation 14, when an angel actually picks up the mantle and actually preaches the gospel cautioning not only how to get saved, but cautioning people from taking the mark of the beast, right? So the thing of it is, is that I'm going to talk about that right now. In verse 11, it says, Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises authority, uh, the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. So this, I believe, is the false prophet. So you you create that uh, 
that third person of the false trinity, so to speak. He basically is like the Holy Spirit who calls people to worship Jesus Christ and the Father. The false prophet does the same thing with the Antichrist and Satan. Uh, it says it exercises all the authority of the first beast. Um, this is interesting. It makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast. I already said that. It performs great signs and even, ma even making fire come down from heaven in front of the people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives all who dwell in the earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and cause those who did not worship the image of the beast to be slain. This is an interesting side note. If you have time, go ahead and Google the giant that is coming to select cities uh, all around the world. There's one coming to Phoenix, Arizona, and it is a 13-foot AI image, and a holographic image, right? I believe that basically AI, which even Elon Musk, who is a technological mogul, a billionaire who owns Tesla and SpaceX, he says basically the thing we really need to be terrified of is AI and what is called the singularity. And that is the moment when AI becomes self-aware and sentient, in essence, becomes another life form an independent life form that exists apart from the controls of humanity, right? I believe we're going to see a holographic image that is going to be touted as the image of the beast that is an AI who is able to track all peoples everywhere all the time. And not only that, and that's how the breadth of the image is given basically to where this thing seems alive because technically in a way it will be alive if it's an ai driven holographic image that is be able to be projected across the world to give the antichrist the appearance of omniscience at that point if he can be everywhere all at once and know everything that is going on in the world he's going to seem on par with god okay in verse six, and this is technology that exists right now. The AI, we've not had the singularity yet, but a lot of people are talking about it. A lot of people are worried about it. And if you have technological moguls saying, this is the biggest thing we need to be afraid of. This is the biggest ex existential threat to humanity is potentially AI. Okay, there's a lot of creepy stuff out there that has been going on with AI. Go ahead and Google it. See for yourself. Picking it back up in verse 16, and it says, And it causes all, both great and small, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead, so that no one could buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast and the number of his name. And again, it goes into this calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. Okay. So this is another reason why the COVID-19 vaccines are not the mark of the beast. A, first of all, we're not in the tribulation period. We have not seen the judgments of God falling the way that we are going to see them happen during the seven-year tribulation. And when I say we, I mean the corporate earth, the general population across the earth, okay? I believe that the church will be removed before this time period. I've gone over that in other podcasts. I don't need to go over it right now. Basically, 
the image of the beast causes everybody to receive this mark. If this is an AI holographic image who basically has control of all the computer systems across the earth and has the ability to access everything about everyone, no, that there is no way you're going to be able to get around this. And if you don't, you're going to be killed, hunted down and killed. And they're going to know who you are. It's kind of like right now. It's like if you don't have the COVID-19 vaccine, uh, you may be forced to do COVID-19 tests. Right. And you may have to upload that to a database. And the only reason you would be uploading test results to a database is because you don't have a vaccine. So in some ways, well, they know who has the vaccine and who doesn't. The vaccines are not the mark of the beast, but it is a precursor. This is a dress rehearsal for what is going to happen. And the thing of it is, is people are like, no, 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 no. Governments are just trying to keep people safe. They're not trying to do anything nefarious. Well, you don't think that. And it is being done in the name of safety. As a matter of fact, in the scriptures, it says, while they are saying peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them. I believe it says that in Second Second Thessalonians chapter 2. But Google peace and safety Bible verse, and that'll pop right up. Uh, quite often, I'm, I know what the scriptures say, but I don't necessarily precisely know the Bible verse, uh, the quotation of where it's at. Anyway, so all this to say that we're seeing the authoritarianism in the real world that is expressed in the Bible. This is stuff, it is starting to happen, folks. Things are starting to come to life. Even with just the United States and the Afghanistan debacle, no matter what you think about it, you have to know and understand that basically the United States of America is being diminished on the world stage right now. We are not the superpower we once were, okay? Our weaknesses have been greatly exposed and other nations are taking really swift advantage of that. China's moving in. Russia's moving in. There is an, a prophecy in Ezekiel 38 and 39, right, that is called the Gog-Magog invasion. It's basically where Russia, Turkey, Iran, and several other nations are going to invade Israel. And God will be the only one that can save Israel because there is no other power that is existent within this prophecy where they can save Israel. Do you think, say, pre-2020, that we probably would have come to the aid of Israel? I guarantee you President Trump would have, Obama would have to a degree, and every other president that has been alive since I've been alive would have gone to the aid of Israel. I honestly cannot say for certain if President Biden would come to the aid of Israel or not. He's not even coming to the aid of Americans in Afghanistan, much less is he going to try to go against Russia, Turkey, Iran, and other nations that are in this conflagration of nations coming against Israel in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Now, there's some disagreement on when that particular invasion will occur, but we're seeing the players come together. They are to, the reason I bring that up too is a convergence of signs that we're seeing. It's just, it's just incredible. And I wanted to kind of illustrate to you why I think the rise of authoritarianism is such a huge 
uh, uh, step towards the literal fulfillment of Bible prophecy. I think we're right on the cusp, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not found in Jesus Christ, if you are not saved, if this scares you, I want to challenge you. Don't run away from it. Don't run away from the Lord. I spent a good number of years uh, when I was growing up, didn't know the Lord and whatnot. I came to know the Lord when I was an adult. And, you know, gosh, I know it just sounds hokey. I know it sounds weird. I know it sounds strange. But if you've listened this far, then I want to challenge you. Please, I beg of you, pay attention to the next segment coming up here in just a few seconds and find yourself in the Lord and escape the tribulation that's to come. At this point in the podcast, I want to reach out to you. And if you have never done so, if you have never entered into a saving relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to do that today. All you need to do is believe. Believe that Jesus was who he said he was. He was God in the flesh. Believe in your heart that he died for your sins and rose from the dead. Confess him as Lord. And the Bible says that you will be saved if you do that. If you truly believe in your heart that Jesus is who he said he was and that he did exactly what he said he would do for you, you will be saved. It is simply that easy. A lot of people say prayer, prayer. And that's great to confess and put your mind and your heart and everything through a process, if you will, to be able to embody what's already taken place in your heart. By simply saying, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead. And now I confess you as Lord. Please take control of my life. And I want to follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. That's all you need to do. And your life will change. Your life will change, not necessarily materially, not necessarily in terms of the world, but your life will change as far as your relationship with God. And you can know for certain that you're saved. The apostle John wrote that when he was pinning first John, he says, I write these things to you that you may know that you have eternal life. Not that you can hope, not that you can wonder, but that you can know. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I want to thank you so much for listening to my podcast today. If you'd like to get in touch with me for any reason, I have the links for the social networks that I am connected on in my bio for this podcast. I'm also available at Gmail at DisciplePOV, that's D-I-S-C-I-P-L-E-P-O-V at gmail.com. If you have anything that you would like to convey to me, such as something you agree with, something you don't, or anything else, or if you did receive the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, I'd love to hear from you today and to assist you on your new eternal journey.